0: Well, hello. Good morning, everyone. It is 9.30 a.m. Welcome to Sunday School. Thanks for being here this morning. Uh, This is for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church, of course, and this is Sunday, April 4th, 2021, and he is risen, and he is risen indeed. We're going to go ahead and get started while we allow people to jump on with us uh, for this morning uh, with a musical selection. Donald Lawrence and the Tri-City Singers, an excerpt from uh, a song. Uh, Matthew 28. So I'll go ahead and play that now while we allow people to join us. Thanks for being here this morning. God bless you all. Good morning, Angie. Okay, that was an excerpt from Donald Lawrence and the Tri-City Singers, uh, a portion of Matthew 28, and I think that uh, that sums up how a lot of people feel right now about Easter Sunday and Easter morning. Uh, It's a great, glorious morning. It's a morning to celebrate uh, that he is risen. Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Uh, He was crucified, and people witnessed him dying, and yet there he was. He was risen again. We proclaim it on Easter Sunday because that's uh, the epitome of uh, how it's set up on the calendar. But we uh, celebrate the fact that he's alive today and he is here with us. That's the most important thing for us to remember about uh, Easter Sunday, that he is risen and he is our living Lord and he is present. And uh, he sent the Holy Spirit when he ascended 40 days after he had come back. And uh, that is who lives within us when we have declared Jesus Christ as personal Savior. So that's uh, the most important takeaway from it. Um, i borrow something from Pastor Robert Jeffress this morning, uh, mentioning something that's pretty important for us to understand, that uh, Jesus' rising from the dead uh, proclaimed his deity, his deity and his sufficiency, and that his death on the cross for us paid for all sins past, present, and future. I think that's a very appropriate way to uh, look at today and look at where we are today and look at how important it is today in a world that we live in where clearly there are uh, blurring of lines when it comes to right and wrong, and we need to understand that Jesus Christ is the one who ultimately is going to be presiding over all of that when the time comes. We need to make choices in our life that make sure that we are following him and trusting in him uh, and that we believe that he indeed is risen. We will be um, doing... I made an executive decision uh, this morning based upon the content of our lesson. We have a lot of content. And based upon that, I'm breaking up uh, this lesson into two parts. It's going to be uh, two different sections. So that's going to be very appropriate for us today because I know that there's going to be a time element in getting through uh, everything. But there's so much material and in, in both sections that I'm covering that there will be, you won't be feel anything that's left out of what we're going to be discussing. So we'll cover that. Uh, let's do some announcements, though, before we proceed with Sunday school. Of course, as you know, we are uh, proceeding with uh, church today, for those of you in Akron and, and the surrounding community. <clears throat> Pardon me, you're welcome to visit with us in church. Uh, masks and social distancing are the order of the day. Temperature checks will be taken at the door. You will be able to pay your offering Uh, At the uh, church doorway, there's a box, a drop box for that. Um, And the message today will be uh, presented by Pastor Gus, uh, which is going to be Living Out God's Will Can Be a Lonely Road. That is the title of his message. That will be presented live and it also will be available for you online if you are not going to church today. Uh, It will be following in this timeline uh, for the church, uh, the church page timeline here on, on Facebook. Uh, somewhere uh, immediately following Sunday School just scroll the timeline you'll see his message it is pre-recorded yes and it is uh, it's uh, it's a great message Uh, I just want to emphasize to you the importance of that it does kind of follow the theme of uh, Easter from the standpoint of looking out uh, looking at where Jesus was right before he was crucified and to the point where we recognize what he did for us and we understand what he did for us and sometimes to be a believer It can be a very lonely place. That is a lonely place. That is what he is emphasizing in today's message. And we get that completely. We understand that. We have our moments where uh, even if we don't have fellowship, boy, it's tough. You just really need to understand the importance of just staying the course and following through with uh, faith and trusting in him. If you're not coming to church today, if you want to mail your tithes or offerings, please mail them to Akron Alliance Fellowship, 688 Diagonal Road, Akron Ohio 44320 uh, that is where the uh, tithes or offerings will be mail are to be mailed to and we appreciate your cooperation with that because we are still of course managing a building with utilities and all the things that go with that. So we appreciate your help with that. And I believe that's really all that is necessary to cover for today is the fact that uh, a lot of people will be having family gatherings, Uh, with uh, their families, please make the most of those as well, too, and uh, continue to emphasize the Lord Jesus Christ throughout all your conversations and discussions, especially for those that you come in contact with who don't know the Lord. And uh, (laughs) I love my wife's salute. Uh, That is perfect. So just keep that in mind. So let's go ahead and get into the word because we have a lot to cover, and I want to make sure that we are covering it and not rushing through it because I hate the idea of doing anything like that in Sunday school. You're welcome to also um, make a note of any comments that you may have and as well within the timeline on your comment section and we will try to address those as we go. Uh, We also recommend too that you come back and look at it later and you can also make comments after the fact. You can do that. Uh, That's the nice thing about this communication. And we do have a big announcement coming up, too, about our Zoom Bible study, which we will be doing, uh, uh, projecting right now for the end of April, which um, <clears throat> is, it can't come soon enough. For those of you who were wanting to test out Zoom and see how it works and see different faces and people, uh, we'll have more to come with that as we get closer to that time. So uh, please uh, keep that in mind. Zoom is something that everyone can use. It's not very difficult. Uh, we have a little bit of an instruction we'll put forth for that. But uh, when the time comes, just uh, get ready for that. We're we looking forward to finding other ways to fellowship with you, knowing that going back in the building is going to be tougher and tougher uh, as we go through this and navigate through this uh, particular time in our lives. It's a very, very interesting time indeed, but it's still a time that the Lord is well aware of and is looking for his believers just to sit closely with, to him and listen to what he has to say. Let's uh, go ahead and uh, pray. We're going to prepare for... Uh, you're gonna be we're in Second Timothy. We're going to cover chapter three verses one through nine today. Second Timothy three verses one through nine. Let's go ahead and pray, and uh, we'll just pray for just uh, God's wondrous peace as we go through this lesson today and just hear what He has to say. Father, we just thank you for this time that you have set aside for us to uh, go to uh, Sunday school and be able to sit and hear you speak to us. We thank you for this moment, this opportunity for you to just bless us with your presence. Teach us with your word. Encourage us with everything that uh, you have uh, to, in, in our presence, just to encourage us and help us to really focus on what you have to say right now. Lord, help us help, help us to just focus on what you have to say right now. Hear the words. Hear what's being said. Reflect upon them. And Lord, if there are some things that we need to do to change behaviors and act upon those, Lord, show us those things too. And we just give you thanks and praise. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Second Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. We're going to cover 1 through 9 today, uh, which is a, an action-packed section <laughs> of Second Timothy. And uh that is something that when I looked at this passage and I just reflected upon it, I said, "Boy, there is so much material here in all of chapter three that uh and some of something that we'll cover next week that's going to be very important as well too, as we look at this um, yeah, Ronnie, you don't have to comb your hair. I mean you know you if you want <laughs> you're talking about the zoom." <laughs> <laughs> well you know hey run your comb through it once or twice you know i don't know <laughs> you could do that i suppose come as you are, come as you are absolutely you come as you are that's the way that's the way church is right you come as you are uh but uh we're looking forward to that time too because we will get to see other people interact uh with us online which will be a lot of fun uh there will be a program there will, there will be a study don't don't get me wrong it won't just be social time but uh, we'll we'll enjoy it. Um, all right, 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 9 today. And it is a a section, again, where it calls into attention and is a reminder of the, the times that we're living in, honestly. This this is something that I do appreciate 2 Timothy 4 because Timothy in his second letter to, pardon, pardon me, Paul, in his second letter to Timothy is giving information about what it's like to be in the last days and what we have to deal with. And that is exactly what's happening, godlessness in the last days. And that is, uh, it's a difficult time to live in. We as believers understand what that is to live in a difficult time, because we're living in it right now. So let's start with verse 1, and we're reading from the New Living Translation, and reading through to verse 9, Second Timothy 3, chapter, uh, chapter 3, verse 1. That's why I need to slow myself down, getting ahead of myself here. Verse 1. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. For people, they will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. Verse 3 They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. Verse 6, they are the kind who work their way into people's homes and win the confidence of vulnerable women who are burdened with the guilt of sin and controlled by various desires. Such women are forever following new teachings, but they are never able to understand the truth. Verse 8, these teachers oppose the truth just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses. They have depraved minds and a counterfeit faith, but they won't get away with this for long. Someday, everyone will recognize what fools they are, just as with Janus and Jambres. Okay, that's verses 1 through 9, 2 Timothy chapter 3. And my prayer is that I slow myself down too, because my brain starts rocketing forward thinking about what I'm going to be saying. But the Spirit obviously is the one who's leading in that, so that's where I'm going to leave it. So let's go back to verse 1, 2 Timothy 3. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. Can we agree that we are in those last days? Uh, and we'll discuss that a little bit more. We certainly know that the times are, are very difficult. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of uncertainty. There is a lot of... Uh, it, there is very obvious that a lot of things that are happening even today, are battles between, uh, between Satan and God and his angels. There's a constant scuffle going on when it comes to good versus evil. It's much more apparent today because of the confusion of many that it has been put in the forefront where you're just observing behaviors and seeing things that are happening. So Paul's reference to the last days refers to his reveals that He is uh, giving Timothy a sense of urgency over this. This is something that's to be taken very seriously. The last days began when? When Jesus was resurrected. When he was resurrected from the grave, the last days started. The the clock started ticking at that point. Because we understand that uh, even as he was ascended, the angels are saying, why are you looking up in the clouds? This same Jesus who disappeared uh, is disappearing from you right now. Will return in the same way. So, even at that point, uh, when we look at that in the book of Acts, uh, it's being proclaimed that Jesus is going to come back. He will return. So, but the last days, that clock started ticking. And when he returns, that's when it's going to end. When his return is imminent, his return is imminent, by the way. Every day that goes by, we're a day closer to the Lord Jesus Christ returning. And so we need to make sure that we are making the most of living in the last days. Make the most of the time that God has given us. That is a very, very important thing. Um, My lovely bride and I were talking yesterday about um, today is another adventure. Every day is an adventure. Have Have you ever looked at life like that where you don't really know what you're going to expect, but you know you're going on an adventure because ultimately that is what life is about. And that means if you're approaching it in that way, that means your eyes are wide open, you're paying attention to what the Spirit is doing as far as giving direction. He is helping you day by day to be able to manage what happens. And he wants you to be at your best, frankly, at those moments. Let's take a look at a couple of passages that are going to emphasize the importance of really living in such a way where you truly are doing what's necessary to live for Jesus Christ at every any and every given moment Ephesians chapter 5 verses 15 and 16 are a couple. is one set of verses we want to look at Ephesians 5 verses 15 and 16 and it's very important for us to see God's goodness uh, this is one way we need to be paying attention here it says in verse 15 Ephesians 5 this is the English Standard Version Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. See that? The best use of the time because the days are evil. That is something that we need to always keep in mind. Um, And just, we need to understand where the Lord is, what he's doing in our lives, what our purpose is. These are all things that we can... Uh, continue to discuss as we go forward in Sunday school about knowing what your will and what God's will is and what his purpose is for you that will help you to live every day as an adventure and treat the life that you have right now as a way where Lord here I am, whatever you would have me to do or whatever you would have me to say to someone who approaches me that I'll be prepared to speak truth that will teach them and lead them towards you uh, that's exa- exactly what we always want. But what is it saying here in verse 16? The days are evil. We have experienced that. We know of that. We know these things are taking place around us. The Lord has been very gracious in many ways to insulate us from a lot of things. But we also know that there are a lot of things that uh, some of our brothers and sisters that we know, maybe in different places, different countries, have uh, unfortunately have to experience some very serious things that, really would call attention to one's faith. Another verse to look at is Colossians chapter 4. Colossians 4, and we're going to look at verses 5 and 6. Colossians 4, verses 5 and 6. Make the most of the time that God has given you. Make the most of it. Um, And making the most of it means, honestly, you're going to be living in such a way where you're recognizing, yes, he is indeed risen. So live like he's risen. Live in in such a way where you recognize he is a risen Lord in your life. You're not to be wallowing in misery, wallowing saying, oh boy, this is not such a good thing right now. What's happening? Well, we recognize it's not a good thing, but that doesn't mean that you live uh, in such a way where you're in any way showing that you're defeated. Colossians 4. Verses five and six, walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. There it is again, the best use of the time. If that's a, that's a takeaway for today, make the best use of your time. Uh, Verse six, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. And who is the... The one that gives you that guidance as far as what to say is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, if you're listening to the Spirit, he will guide you with the words you use and what he, will, he says. So keep that in mind. That's very important for you to, to see here. Okay, so that's just the first verse. You see where, where we're going with this? There's a lot that's happening here. Let's continue back. Let's go back to 2 uh, Timothy chapter 3. And love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. So what we're seeing here is something where we need to really recognize that um, being a Christian is not necessarily the most difficult thing. Um, we're not being jailed for preaching, the, reading the Bible, or being executed for preaching Christ doesn't mean that it hasn't happened because it has happened to others. We are just very blessed to not have gone through that experience. But ultimately, if we're going through that experience, that means we're doing it for the sake of the gospel. But it's a very real persecution for many believers. There have been believers all throughout the years, all throughout centuries, who have been persecuted for their believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, preaching and speaking on it. Um, Paul is describing what I just read in that passage in 2 Timothy 3. That, honestly, it's a very real thing. These are things that are happening right now. Everything that I read is something that you know about, you've heard about, you're aware of, you've seen it. Maybe you've seen it personally when it comes to individuals. It's a very real situation that we as believers uh, need to understand and deal with. And so Paul is describing behaviors that describes our own society. And unfortunately, Paul is also talking about many people who are professing to be Christians. He is mentioning those people who are puffed up with pride. They would, you know, they'll would, they go ahead and act religious, like it says in verse 5, but they'll reject the power that makes them godly. Those are the people that we need to be very aware of. And guess who gives us the ability to discern who these people are? None other than the Holy Spirit. Spirit is the one who gives us what we need to discern from those people because those people, honestly, are not going to help you. They have nothing in their hearts but malice, And they would much rather drag you down with them if that means that that basically means they're just acting on behalf of Satan. That's what Satan wants to do. Satan wants to drag all of us down. He wants us to be much less in the body of Christ where we cannot proclaim the gospel, cannot speak the truth, choose not to speak the truth. So we need to understand that we look at these behaviors up top here in verses uh, 2 through 5. And we recognize that, honestly, we need to check and make sure that our behaviors are not matching anything in that list that Paul is mentioning. We need to make sure that we are very focused on those things. Um, That is what's really important here. Yeah, just looking back at these things, they consider nothing sacred. You know, honoring God is something that's very, very important. Just like today, we give honor to the Lord Jesus Christ because it's Easter Sunday he is risen and we say that over and over again and there are some who will just disregard all of that uh, they won't do it at all they won't take the time to give honor to who God is and you may know people who like this in your own life that uh, treat this as much of a much different day maybe they treat this as a good day to get together and have a meal well of course it's much more than that and that's what we need to understand here and we need to see that we're not to give in to society's pressures because um, there are people who recognize it's Easter, but they treat it much differently. And, and I'm not talking about people who want to have Easter egg hunts and stuff like that. That's not what I'm talking about. Those are things that, if anything, those at least point people towards the Lord Jesus Christ when they understand the significance of what Easter represents through the education process. And so we need to make sure that we're not Going too far with those definitions, but we need to understand that uh, there are people who are adults who know exactly what Easter is all about, that are not we're not talking about Easter egg hunts, we're talking about living in such a way where it's just another day, it's indifferent. Well, it's a very significant day, uh, when it comes to being a believer in Jesus Christ. And that's what we have to recognize here. The resurrection is the biggest event that ever took place in the history of Christianity. Because without the resurrection, there would be no salvation, there would be no eternal life. Uh, We would be still dead in our sins. The resurrection is the most important event when it comes to believers in the Lord Jesus Christ that has ever taken place in history, and we have to understand the importance of that. And I think that that's what people need to recognize when we look at why why do we celebrate Easter Sunday? Why do we do these things? Well, that's because it's important. (laughs) It's significant. It, it, it calls you to ask questions about the Lord and what he has done. Um, so don't give in to societal pressures. Yes. It, game it is a game changer. The resurrection was a game changer. Um, that's something we need to understand about what believing the Lord Jesus Christ is. It's all part of prophecy. It's fulfillment of prophecy. It was something that was proclaimed before Jesus even set foot as a human being on earth. These are all things that had to take place. And without it, we don't have any... Without it, we there is no reason for us to have Sunday school. There is no reason for us to go to church. There is no reason we're still dead in our sins, without the resurrection. So that is why we need to take the time and recognize why it's important. So to back to what Paul is saying here, don't settle uh, for being pressured by society to treat this as anything. Uh, less than a significant event in history it is a historical event and it's, it's it's certainly significant and we need to make sure that we're not settling for comfort without commitment we we are blessed to be in the position that we're in right now do you realize you are blessed you have advantages and abilities to do things right now that a lot of people don't we we have the ability to speak out Because we have the knowledge of Christ. We have the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. We have information that we can take to others and help people understand the importance of the gospel, of the good news, who Jesus Christ really is. And Easter is a great time to do that, to tell people about those things. And honestly, we need to take a stand against evil. When evil comes up against us, we need to take a stand against it and say, that's not right. Stand up against evil by living in such a way that God would have his people live. You you live for Christ. You serve Christ. You act in such a manner as you live your day every day, this adventure every day that we're talking about, living for Christ and speaking his truth. Go back to verse 4 in 2 Timothy 3. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. That word pleasure is the uh, key word in that passage. Why is it so tempting to love pleasure rather than God? You know, pleasure is something that we control. We can control the level of pleasure we experience, uh, whether it is in, you know, where we're, whether we're just having fun or whether it's in sin. We can control that. Uh, one thing we can't control is God. We, we can't control him. So we t- typically will try to take that path of least resistance and do what is really not right but honestly in order for us to love god it takes a little bit more effort than just satisfying our own flesh our own desires our own pleasures honestly what it comes down to is that we we have to sometimes just sacrifice how we feel and to make sure that we're not sinning against god and living in such a way where we're honoring him and being obedient to his word we can't love god unless we're being obedient to his word that is an unequivocal statement you cannot love god if you are not being obedient to him obedience and loving god are one and the same it must take place this is the only way we can express obedience to him as we live our lives so pleasure might be something that may feel good right now but the benefits of loving god are in the present and in the future and that's what we need to show people as they continue to learn. Um, if you're having connectivity issues, I'm sorry about that. We, as you know, we can always we can always come back and listen for uh, and look at our, our messages online if you have trouble. Uh, and I appreciate your hanging with us as much as you can here. But this thing about pleasure is something that we need to make sure that we're taking. Pleasure has, uh, you know, this is, here's a great statement. Pleasure has a narcotic effect. Now, understand this does not mean you're taking narcotics or it doesn't mean that you're taking drugs. But pleasure and being and feeling pleasure, experiencing pleasure, it can have an effect where you just keep desiring more and more of that, where it can be detrimental to you. There's all kinds of warnings within the Psalms and, and the Proverbs about following pleasure and what the result can be it can lead if it's sin it can lead to death but ultimately what it comes down to is that pleasure is a way of cooperating with your pride if you're prideful then you're only looking at doing things that benefit you and that is the danger of pleasure um, that's being referred to here in verse four loving pleasure rather than loving god we have to lay aside our pride lay aside our accomplishments we're not shooting for recognition. We're not doing anything to say, look at me, uh, I'm this special person because I'm living and breathing. Uh, that is, uh, obviously, it's, a, it's an extreme statement, but you have to understand that you don't have to say it, but you can show it and you can live that way and people can see that if that's what you really believe. Um, honestly, you have to choose between loving pleasure and loving God. It doesn't mean that you can't have a good time. It doesn't mean that you can't enjoy yourself. It doesn't mean that living as a believer is something where it's a it's drudgery it's not drudgery at all what does it mean to treat life every day as an adventure is that drudgery or is that looking optimistically at how god can use you day by day in different situations that's hardly drudgery that's what exactly what you want in life but understand something there is a the thing that you get out of that is that you know that god is using you. You know that God is with you and that's the reason for you to be excited, to be happy about what God is doing in your life. But always look at it from a standpoint where you're not doing anything for fleshly purposes, but you're doing them in such a way where you're honoring the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, God is the one who ultimately is glorified in everything that we do. Always remember that. You're not glorifying God if you're always looking to satisfy your own flesh, uh, doing things that are outside of that. Verse 5 Back to 2 Timothy 3, verse 5. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. Well, remember, uh, what is Paul doing? He's warning Timothy about how people uh, who profess to be believers, profess to be followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, are living in such a way where they are, in fact, just giving, getting, giving themselves the own, their own attention, and, but they're not doing such, so in such a way where God is honoring that. God is not honoring anything where people are just living in such a way where they're just acting religious, just saying a few words, using um, Christian doctrine, using Christian cliches, saying words, and f- basically appearing to follow Christian traditions. That's, that's what we need to understand here. Be very cautious about tradition in churches. Are traditions really honoring God, or are they honoring the people within the church? That's a question you always have to ask. That's something that believers must always challenge themselves with. We don't just do stuff to honor people. We do things to honor Jesus Christ, and that's what it comes down to. Uh, I appreciate um, our pastor does not want people to take the time to honor him with a pastor's day or a pastor's anniversary or a special uh, ceremony on on his behalf because that's taking the focus off of Jesus Christ. That's taking the focus off of uh, who Christ is, is putting focus on the pastor. Uh, I, I, I can speak for Pastor Gus because I've been around him for a long time and he has said this over and over again. You don't just listen to me You listen to what the Lord Jesus Christ is saying. The words that are being spoken are words from Scripture, but you don't honor the person. You honor Christ, and that applies to me as well, too. Uh, It's not just words that I say. Uh, I don't want any special honor. I don't want any special attention. All I want to do is is proclaim the word of Jesus Christ, and that's always the way uh, that anyone who is representing Christ in some sort of a level, is. that's the behavior that you would expect. Um, you don't want to just do stuff to look good. You want to make sure that you're following the Lord Jesus Christ and make sure that your own attitude, including my own, is one where I feel as though after I prayed and, and given you know, any uh, confessions necessary about sin, that I can proclaim this information and say these things to you and I can do so with the conscience that I'm serving the Lord and not serving just myself. So that's very important. You know, it, it's a tricky thing when you're trying to get the word out about how to find us a church. Where do you go? What if there are people here that are watching online that are not part of our church and they're trying to find a church to get to? Well, you have to kind of put the word out, but that doesn't mean that you're doing so for your own glory or your own benefit. You're doing so because you want to make sure that the word, the Lord's word, is being proclaimed through those conversations. It's not just about the person. It's about Jesus Christ. That's what it comes down to. The person of Jesus Christ. Um, don't be deceived by people who appear to be Christians. Who try to put on a, a costume. Uh, and that's the best way I can describe it. They're wearing a costume every Sunday. Where they're saying the right words. They're doing the right things in Christianity. But but their, dev- their motivation is none other than uh, either to deceive or to... And they don't... Really accept or acknowledge the very thing that God is telling them to say or or they're giving instruction to. So we need to be very, very cautious about that. Go to 2 Timothy chapter, um, let's go back to verses 3 and 4 and just read those again about what we're looking at here, just as a reminder. Back to 2 Timothy 3, back in the t- in the text. The people we're talking about, they will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. These are the things that we're making sure that people uh, are paying attention to. These are the ways of the people that we're giving as far as their behaviors are concerned. You may have trouble distinguishing who they are between Christians, and, and we'll call them fake Christians, you may have trouble with that but and in the beginning, but as the Holy Spirit speaks to you and gives you discernment, you'll recognize it. The Lord will teach you and, and speak to you about those things. And that's what we need to make sure of. Okay, for the sake of time, let's keep moving here. Let's go to verse 6. Um, back to Second Timothy 3, verse 6. They are the kind who work their way into people's homes. Look at this. There's a motivation behind their behaviors. Work their way into people's homes and win the confidence of vulnerable women who are burdened with the guilt of sin and controlled by various desires. Well, that verse speaks volumes as to a lot of behaviors that you even see today. A lot of people prey on vulnerability. 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 And and that's they prey on weakness, and so Paul is taking the time to warn Timothy that there are people out there who are like vultures. They are they are acting in the same way where we describe where Satan. You know there are there are roaring animals that are coming after you. They don't want they don't want to see good anything good happen. They want to do what's necessary to destu- destroy other people these are the behaviors that we're talking about here a very pointed verse burdened by the guilt of sin and controlled by various desires because they're women who are vulnerable now he's taken the time to mention this because this was obviously a very big issue in the church and look at verse seven uh, such women are forever following new teachings but they are never able to understand the truth why because they're focused on their own behaviors their own situations they're Uh, They are are feeling unwanted, unloved. They are looking in directions other than focusing on the Lord Jesus Christ. How true is that statement? Now, I know the vast majority of women in our church are very strong in the word, very, very strong in their faith. But there was a time, a long time ago, where you may know exactly what uh, is being referred to here in this passage, where... There was vulnerability by somebody in your life. Let's just put it that way. We'll just leave it there, right? Someone who is being taken advantage of, someone who is being uh, put upon, someone who is professing to be a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, and yet they were taking advantage of situations and using that as a way to get in and try to influence someone. We cannot emphasize enough how key this passage is. Um, So let's look at this more closely has to do with the cultural background of the women involved here in this particular passage. Women in the Ephesian Church had received no formal religious training, so they enjoy their new freedom to study Christian truths. but their eagerness to learn made them a target for false teachers. Shoot, it could be just it could be men and women. Uh, they could be subject to false teaching, but the women were especially vulnerable because of the levels of education back then. And we need to understand that because there was freedom. Here Timothy is preaching there's freedom in Jesus Christ. And others are going to take advantage of that. And even though these women are saying this is wonderful, there's freedom in Christ, we are not just being put upon uh, as members of society. But now you've got other people swooping in and trying to take advantage of these women and saying things that are uh, maybe half-truths or not truth at all, truthful at all. And so we need to understand that. So Paul had warned Timothy to watch out for men who take advantage of these women. That was what the call is. It doesn't mean that women uh, were being dumb. They just were learning, but they had not. You have to understand, people are slick talkers. There's a lot of guys out there who have these slick tongues. You all know what I'm talking about, don't you? These slick tongues. Um, There are people who say things, and and they can deceive people uh, because something sounds really good, but if you are not going back and checking the word, if you're not being that Berean, not looking at what the word says then you are going to be subject to being deceived new believers need to grow in their knowledge of the word because ignorance can make them vulnerable to deception and again ignorance is not meant to be a comment that's pejorative it's pointing out if you don't know a whole lot you're subject to a lot of different uh, words and phrases that can get you uh, thrown off track and that's a big amen, everybody. You've got to be in the word and you've got to stay in the word and be ready to just deal with um, people who are going to try to tell you things that are not necessarily true. And you need to be ready to answer those things. So that's what we need to, to see here in this particular section. And verse 7, by the way, when we talk about the women are forever following new teachings but never able to understand the truth. Um is a verse is not opposing study. It's not opposing learning. It's pointing out effective, ineffective learning, ineffective, ineffective learning. You can learn things that are not correct and think they are correct, but they're actually not right. And so we want to make sure that we're avoiding situations where the learning is ineffective, incorrect. Um, You can... Go to college, for example, be a student in classrooms. You can hear certain things and see things, but if you don't get the right information, you're not going to pass the class. There are a lot of people who have been to college and never graduated because they couldn't get through it. And you have to understand that that's because they didn't learn effectively enough to be able to move forward to the next level. So we need to make sure that as we look at this, as we're seeking answers, as we're seeking truths, As students of the Word, we're truly praying to the Lord to give us guidance, wisdom, and insight. He's going to show it to you. He's going to give you what you need. But you need to remember these things as you study God's Word. God wants you to learn, He wants you to find truth for your life. And once you learn that truth, then you be obedient to that truth. You do what He tells you, you do what the Word says. That's exactly what needs to happen. So these women um, had to learn these things. And so we're just also including men need to learn, too. There are a lot of women who are ahead of a lot of men when it comes to God's Word. Amen? Um, There are a lot of women who truly can channel that emotion that they have about the Lord Jesus Christ and sit quietly and do those inductive studies, do those studies about God's Word, and they can run circles around a lot of guys because they know much more about God's Word. They have had the Spirit speaking within them. And they have that material and they have the understanding. And sometimes the guys get left behind because they don't either think it's important enough for them to do it or maybe it's a pride thing. Pride will get you in trouble. Pride will get you in trouble. You, If you don't think you need to study, if you think you know so much, then um, be careful. You, you might find out you have a lot more to learn. Uh, and that's true for a lot of guys that I know that could do a lot better when it comes to studying God's word. A lot of women will run circles around them. So I know I just started something by saying that. Yes, you did. Uh, yes, I did. But, but, but I'm also telling the truth because I've just seen evidence over the years for a long time that a lot of, a lot of women are much more prepared in dealing with issues. They, women are wired differently, and they have a better way of connecting with the Lord Jesus Christ than a lot of guys do. So guys, it's, you got to step it up. Uh, if you want to be the heads of your household, you want to be leaders in your household you got to step it up. you got to do a better job of studying the word and looking at the word every day. That is what your challenge is. Um, if you're saying he is risen, okay, well, what does that mean? And you get in the word and start reading what it means and, and understand those things. Let's go down to verses 8 and 9. And that's where we're going to be uh, stopping for this week and going to uh, continuing later on in verses 10 and beyond in this chapter. Verses 8 and 9, back to 2 Timothy 3. These teachers oppose the truth just as Janus and Jambres oppose Moses. They have depraved minds and a counterfeit faith. Man, to be called that, I tell you, that's the worst. But they won't get away with this for long. Someday, everyone will recognize what fools they are, just as with Janus and Jambres. So, according to tradition and what, what happened before, they were two of the magicians who who had counterfeited Moses' miracles before Pharaoh. If Go back to Exodus real quick. Just a quick dive into Exodus, chapter 7, verses 11 and 12. We just happen to have this, the names of two of these magicians being mentioned here by Paul. Um, verse 11, Exodus 7, Then Pharaoh summoned the wise men and the sorcerers, and they, the magicians of Egypt, also did the same by their secret arts. For each man cast down his staff, and they became serpents. But Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs. It just occurred to me about that discussion we had yesterday about that serpent mm-hmm. swallowing up different things, but that was a under a different discussion altogether, so we'll leave that where it is. But it just occurred to me by looking at that. Um, so Paul was explaining that just as Moses had exposed and defeated them, the, defeated the, these uh, the magicians, these people who were sorcerers, Um, God's going to overthrow the false teachers. God is going to overthrow the false teachers who are plaguing the Ephesian church. There were a lot of false teachers in the Ephesian church. Guess what, everybody? There are a lot of false teachers in today's church. God is going to overthrow all of them. God is going to get the ultimate victory on these people. These people will be fools. They'll be embarrassed. God has already revealed a lot of false teachers, uh, and they have gone away in shame uh, because of their behaviors, the way they were living, they were acting religious, but they were rejecting the power that could make them godly, like it says in verse five. So we need to understand that as well too. And here's a takeaway from this, everybody, in, in verse nine about not getting away with this for long because they're going to be exposed. You can hide your sin for a while. No question. You can hide your sin, but eventually the truth's going to come out. Eventually, the truth's going to be revealed. You know You don't sin in secret. God knows everything that you do. God knows everything that you're taking part in. And we need to make sure that sooner or later, um, distraction, opposition, anger, fatigue, it's going to wear you down and your true hearts are going to be exposed. In other words, you can sin and sin can get very tiring. Sin can be something that will wear you out because it has a debilitating effect on you as an individual. It's debilitating. Sin does not empower you or make you stronger it debilitates you over time you can look like you've got it all together but you know deep down inside you are miserable and it's something that unless you curb that behavior or curb those things you're going to your ability to maintain a religious front putting up uh, putting on a false face or something like that is going to be very difficult to do um, you have to understand that's very important for us to see here. Um, you've got to pick. You can't pick where we can be. You've got to be do these things necessary for where you're overcoming stresses of life. You're doing those things necessary, but you're being obedient to God. You're not falling subject to sin. Don't use stress as a reason for being sinful. Um, that's another important thing to do, too. Uh, we We make all kinds of excuses why we do things. And, and we make a lot of excuses, frankly, sometimes that show us, well, you really aren't really being serious about following the Lord Jesus Christ. So don't make excuses. Build your character. Your character is going to come through those times of stress. Your character is going to come through those times where you're having difficulty. So we always want to make sure that we are always going in the path of righteousness, following the Lord Jesus Christ, and not settling for sinful behavior just because of, for the sake of pleasure. You, you know when you're tested uh, just like if you're taking a test in school when you're tested if you didn't prepare for the test no sense in thinking about that in the middle of a test you're going be you're gonna not do very well on that test so it's a very important for you to prepare always prepare how do you prepare as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ read his word study his word investigate his word and meditate over it Pray over it because that's how you learn. That's how you grow as a believer in Jesus Christ. It's all about preparation. It's all about doing what's necessary to live for Christ. And we need to uh, make sure that if we're living in such a way where our behaviors are not lining up with Christ, we've got to change them. We've got to focus on him. If we're honoring the Lord who rose from the dead, rose from the grave, uh, and did, did so in such a way because he wanted to pay for your penalty, the penalty of sin for you and for everyone else in mankind, past, present, and future, that should give you incentive. That should give you the desire to live for this risen Savior who truly is living for you, living for you right now. He's, he dispatches angels to help you through. Do you understand the importance of all of this? He is the one who enables you to be able to grow, love him and grow in the faith and trust in him. That's all he wants to do is just to trust him. Just trust him with it. And if we're doing these things, we are living in such a way where we're honoring Christ. And we're honoring Christ, not just today on this resurrection day, but every day. Amen. Let's close out in prayer. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your teaching. We thank you for the lessons even as Paul is speaking to Timothy about his church and the people to be aware of. Lord, you give us this discernment through the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, help us to be mindful of how we are behaving before we even look at other people. How are we behaving? What are we doing? How are we living each day? Are we living for you as you would have us to live? Not as how we think we should live but how you would want us to live help us O Lord with this very truth these truths that we've talked about today help us with continuing to focus on you seeking after you looking to you Lord we thank you for the good results of all of this as we continue with uh, giving honor and praise to you Lord for this resurrection Sunday help us to grow more in our relationship with you Show us, Lord, the love you have for us that we can love you, how you loved us before we even began to know what loving you was all about. And we just thank you and we give you all the praise in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thanks, everyone. We will pick up in Chapter 3 next week with our study in Sunday School. Uh, We're going to dismiss from here now and allow everyone to get together for church uh, Easter Sunday. He is risen indeed. And we thank you for being here today. God bless you all. You take care of yourselves. And we'll see you next time.